coming from out of town. If you're visiting from out of town, please stand up so we can see you. Yay. All right, well, it's great to have you guys here from L.A., Santa Barbara, Philadelphia, and I don't know where he was visiting from. Long Beach. Okay. What's that? Oh, and Lily from Fullerton, too. Sorry, I didn't see you there. I'm probably going to hear about that later. Uh, but it is uh, great to be together, and uh, I want to let you know that Josh Cologne is okay. He was in a car accident. He was a little disoriented, but he is at the hospital, and he's well enough to drive himself to the hospital. So that's all I know right now. Um, in case you were wondering... Uh, Jake and Kelsey are visiting uh, Libby's family in Texas there. They're going to be back in the next day or so. And uh, it was kind of cool to see uh, the Inland Empire Hope people there uh, on, the, on the video going all over the world this month. Uh, and I want to let you know just on that note that for the members here on January 19th, we're going to be having a big project at the Coachella Valley Rescue Mission. And uh, so we've had about a 10-year relationship with Angel View, and uh, we still love Angel View, but we're kind of moving on from Angel View to a bigger project, and uh, so just want everybody to put that on their radar there. For We're looking for 100% involvement this year, right? So everybody to take off of work, to, to, to make it happen, it's going to be a lot bigger, a lot better. Uh, Event and they are so excited to have us there. Uh, it's amazing. So it's great when you want to serve, and it's awesome when they actually want you to serve. So please uh, make a note of that on your calendar so you can be available for those days. But today is gratitude part two, and I called it giving thanks before the miracle. And uh, that's kind of a different way to look at it. A lot of times we give thanks after the miracle, right? After God saves us, we thank him. After he answers our prayers, we thank him. After he does something great, we recognize that. But what I realized that Jesus did is that he thanked, he said it's good to thank God afterwards. And he rebuked a few people that used to be lepers that didn't come back to give him thanks. But Jesus was thankful before the miracle happened. He didn't need God to give him a sign to be grateful. That's kind of where the Jews were at, right? They wanted to sign, God, do, do a miracle for me, you know, bless me, do something great, and then I'll give you praise. And Jesus was like, God's already done something great. I can give him praise even before. And so this past week, after last Sunday, Jake did an amazing lesson. I, I, I went through this week thinking, I am going to be the most grateful person I can be this week. I am going to have my, my quiet time and, and just like go through and make a list of all the things I'm grateful for. And, you know, on Thanksgiving, before it gets started, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to have a time of Thanksgiving before we start running around and cooking and, and serving and watching football and everything. And what I realized is that just because I make a list of all the things I'm grateful for, it doesn't mean that I'm a grateful person. That I can make a list. I could take two hours to make this long list. I started reading a book called A Thousand Gifts, which is pretty cool. 
I've kind of been roped into it by my family. They read it. They've been reading it for a while. I finally decided to, to jump on board. But I realized I could make a list of a thousand things and still not be a grateful person. Because it's not just being able to say that I'm grateful or be able to have a moment of gratitude. But I don't want to just have a moment of gratitude. I want to live a grateful life. I want to be somebody that that, that sees God in everything that's going on. But I realized it takes uh, it takes faith. It takes faith to be in a horrible situation and have faith to be in a situation that you don't like and have faith that God's going to do something great out of it. But if you don't have faith, you won't be grateful when you're in a tough situation. It doesn't work that way. If you're not a person of prayer, it is almost impossible to have faith. Because prayer is what helps us to be close to God. It's what helps us to be in tune with what what God is doing to get out of ourselves. If you stay in yourself, you will not be a grateful person. And in fact, in one of the lists of sin in Romans 1, it says the very first sin that precedes everything else is ingratitude. That as soon as you decide, or as soon as I decide to take God out of the equation, not give thanks to God, then my life goes downhill from that point. And what I also realized is that I am not a very grateful person. I don't know about you. Some people, you meet them and they just walk around and they just ooze gratitude. They thank you for this. They thank you for that. They thank you for getting the door for them. They thank you for getting them a glass of water. They thank you for being their friend. Do you know anybody like that? Okay, who's the, who's like that? Okay, Danielle? Louis Moyer, okay. He is always talking about how much God's blessed him and how grateful he is. That's true. Vivian? Sandra Hernandez, what does she do? Very grateful person. You know, just digging a little deeper there. Joel. Most grateful person you ever met. Okay, wouldn't you love to be Julie right now? To be described as the most grateful person that you've ever met. I don't know about you, but that's not me. Right? I don't naturally go to those places. So I was really excited to see what was going to happen with this sermon. I was hoping it was going to work on me too. Giving thanks before the miracle happened. And I realized that this is the key to a grateful and joyful life. To have faith, to be a person of prayer, to be someone that's content and sees God in your life. And my prayer is that today that we can be those people going forward. Let's, let's pray as we get started. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. We know that uh, you've given us more than we, can, we deserve or can imagine. God, I pray that uh, during this time that you get me out of the way, that your scriptures will speak to us, that, that you'll fill us up, God, that you'll help us not just to make a gratitude list one day a year, but to live lives where we're, we're, we're in touch with you, where we're grateful for where you have us and where, what you're doing in our lives. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. And I want to encourage you to do a, a study, uh, type in the word thank in your Bible app. 
and just go through all the scriptures where it talks about thanks and being thankful. And there's probably about 60 of them might take you a little while. But it was amazing just to go through and see all the ways that God calls us and all the gratitude that's filled in the, in the scriptures here. Turn over to Mark chapter 8. This is going to be our first story. P- giving thanks before a miracle. So we're going to look at Jesus giving thanks in different situations and the miracle that follows. And I had to highlight Psalm 107, 18 and 136 because those were the top three chapters in the book of Psalms on gratitude. If you want to kind of go for the cliff notes, which is what I used to always try to do in school. You know, just give me the short version. Just go to those three and you'll have a pretty good uh, study there. But Mark chapter 8, the feeding of the 4,000. says, During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can we get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus answered. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They also had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also. And told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. After, afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over, and about four thousand were present for this time. And what an amazing miracle! And Jesus actually goes on to preach a sermon afterwards about him being the bread of life. And really how he did a physical miracle to show that I can do anything with anything you have. That I'm the God of quantity. I'm the God of nature. I can create things that weren't there. I can give you one fish and have you pass out one fish to everybody in here. And so that's an amazing thing. And all the commentaries that I looked at, not one of them mentioned that Jesus gave thanks before the miracle happened. That he already knew What was going to happen? That he looked at the crowd and he realized that they had sacrificed to be with him for three days. They they ate up all their food. They ate up all their supplies and yet they weren't leaving. That's pretty amazing. And so Jesus takes a moment to give thanks for seven loaves of bread and a few fish. Now, if you want to ask me, that's not really a solution to the problem that they had. You know, we have problems that come to us all the time and we're put in a situation where we don't know what's going to happen. It seems impossible. It's out of our control. There's no way that you could take seven loaves and a few fish and feed all these people who are probably hungry and angry and, you know, the first instance of people being hangry ever. They're getting cranky. They've been there. They're starting to complain. They're getting upset. It all comes to Jesus and he looks what he has in front of him. He says, you know what? This is good. What? No, it's not good. This is not enough. The disciples are freaking out. And yet Jesus was grateful for what he had right in front of him. 
even before, even though he knew it was going to be multiplied. Imagine if Jesus would have looked down and says, you know what, this isn't enough. Go get more. Is this all you could come up with? I mean, I thought you were resourceful and this is it. Of all these people, there's only seven loaves. There's probably more out there. And yet Jesus was content with just that little bit. And I think sometimes God is not doing miracles before us because we're not content with what we have. And it's not enough. Imagine if your kid, you know, we have a lot of college-age kids. Imagine they're driving this hoopty of a car. That's what we used to call it back in the day. I don't know what you guys call it. They're driving a junker. And they're not grateful for the junker, even though you fill the junker up with gas. You fix the junker. You pay for insurance on the junker. And yet they all they do is complain about the junker. And then one day they come in and say, you know what? For Christmas, I've been seeing all these commercials. I'd love to upgrade the junker and get a, a new car. How would you feel about that? I'd feel horrible about that plan. That's not going to happen. And yet sometimes we can be that way with God. We're not content with what we have, but we want more. We don't think he's given us enough and we expect him to bless us. And I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking in all areas. You don't like your job, but you want a better job. You you don't think you make enough money, but you want more money. You don't like your relationships, but you you want better relationships. You, You don't like your current friend, your roommates, and you want new roommates. Maybe the problem is us. That God has given us what he has given us, and it's enough depending on how you look at it and how I look at it. See, Jesus saw his little bounty and he said, that's plenty for God. He had faith that whatever it is, it's going to work. This is easy for God, even though it seemed impossible. You know, I've been thinking about that, this, this sermon all week, as James mentioned, as we hear all these ads and I get texts and emails and, you know, Bass Pro Shop just, this is this, like, filing in on you, you know, don't do you feel that way? It's like the stores that you really like, they know you, and they're, they're coming after you. And, and I bought a gift for somebody, and then that store just keeps peppering me. And what I realized is, you know, before last week, I did not need all the things that I need right now. Two weeks ago, I didn't wake up and go, oh my gosh, they're gonna, the sale's going to end and I better get down there because I'm going to save. But all of a sudden, I'm not, the contentment with, am I okay with what I have? I have more than enough. Do I really need that? Do I, is this a need or a want? You know, and it, 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 that FOMO is, is pretty powerful. You know, when people come home and they, the first thing they say is how much they saved, you're in trouble. <laughs> Went to Cabazon, come home, tell you how much they saved. That's not really what I want to hear. <laughs> Anyways, um, point number one, thank you for my daily bread. Thanks for my daily bread. Thank you, God, for what you've given me today. It's, it's plenty. It's more than I need. I don't need 
90% of the things that I have today. If we could get this one point, we would be a lot more grateful people. Because God is providing for us all the time, and yet we don't see it because we want something else. Or we want something more. We want something bigger. We want something different. We want a different model. We want what we want. And yet God is like, hey, this is what you need. The place where you live, that's where God has given you to live. What you have in your fridge is what God has given you to put in your fridge. What you're wearing to church today, God has given you that. If we don't get those things and we don't take those to heart, Maybe we're preventing God's miracle because he's waiting for us to be content. He's waiting for us to be grateful for what we have and to feel like, hey, I could live like this forever before he blesses us. I don't know about you. That's how I would be with my kids. When you get happy with that car, I'll be thinking, I would never say this to them, but maybe I'm thinking in my mind, okay, well, let's see when they get happy with that and then maybe I'll upgrade And it makes me feel like, well, maybe God is waiting to bless us in whatever way until we get happy with what we have. If he never did another thing, we have plenty to be grateful for, our daily bread. Amen? Amen. Okay, John 11. Next, the story of Lazarus. In John 11, 41. A lot of you are familiar with the story. He's been in in the grave for four days. Jesus finally shows up. This was not exactly what they had planned in their mind. This wasn't the script, but Jesus shows up four days late. He says, so they took the stone away. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know, I knew that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So this time Jesus prays and he thanks God because he hears his prayers. He doesn't thank him for Lazarus. He doesn't thank him for the miracle that's going to happen. He thanks God that he has a relationship with him where he hears him. When he talks to God, every time he calls, he picks up his call. Isn't that frustrating? When you call somebody and you really want to talk to them and it just goes straight to voicemail. My kids get on me for that all the time. They get so frustrated by that. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. But amazing that what Jesus was most grateful for was that God listens to his prayers. Of all the things that he was focused on in that moment, that people would understand that he came from God and that they would be able to have that kind of connection with him. It was almost like he was thanking God before he even called Lazarus out. That maybe he was already seeing Lazarus and hugging him and being with his friend. He just knew that God listens to him. Point number two, thank you for hearing my prayers. 
In 1 John 5, it says that God hears all of our prayers and acts in accordance with his will. In Revelation 5, 8, it says that our prayers are like golden bowls of incense going up to heaven. That they would light these incense. And I don't know if you've ever seen those. You ever seen incense where they have them and they, the smoke goes up? It's extremely strange. Like, it just makes me think, like, why, how would you ever come up with this? But it's to symbolize that God is hearing our prayers as the smoke goes up to heaven. And what I realized this week is that being grateful is connected to your prayer life. That if you don't pray much, you're not very grateful. And if you're connected to God and you're praying all the time, then you're going to be a more grateful person. It is virtually impossible to be a grateful person without praying. Because prayer is what helps us to be close to God and be connected to God and and, and talk with our Creator and have an awareness. Because there's very few people that have a natural awareness of God. You ever notice that? I don't wake up People think, oh, you're a minister, you're just always close to God. No, I wake up tired, run into the coffee pot, just frustrated or whatever, worried about whatever, until I get with God. Without praying to him, I'm not worth a whole lot. You can ask anybody around me. But what I realize is that we undervalue the power of prayer. We either don't believe that it works, Or we just feel like we're just praying up to the roof. Be honest. When you pray, do you feel like your prayers go to God? Or do you just feel like they just bounce off the roof? How does God feel? Does he feel like you're talking to yourself? Or does he feel like you're connecting with him? Does he feel that you are pouring your heart out to the creator of everything? Or are we just going through the motions? Are we just trying to stay awake? Or are we just saying the same prayers over and over and over? And I'm saying that for me as well as as much as I'm saying that for you. If I really believed that God listened to and answered every single prayer, I'd probably pray ten times more. I'd probably pay 20 times more. I'd probably be praying all the time about every single one of you and about every single situation. And the reason I don't is because I don't, I'm not conscious of that. I don't believe that. Because if I did, I would be different. If you really believe that God was listening to your prayers, would you really pray for 10 minutes a day? Would you really go through that little quiet time on your phone and pray for five or ten minutes and feel like, oh, wow, I talked to God today. No, you didn't. Or you did with just a little bit of faith. Just to, And that's, if that's where you're at, amen, that's fine. But what we're trying to do today is not just survive and, and make it through to the Christian life. We're trying to be grateful people all the time. If you want to be grateful all the time, you're going to have to pray a whole lot more. 
and be aware of God's gifts a whole lot more. And have a lot more faith to believe that when hard things happen, that God is working a whole lot more. That Jesus was grateful that God heard his prayers. I can't even imagine how much he was praying throughout the day. Just all the time. Just walking with his best friend everywhere in every situation. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? I'll give you a couple reasons. People don't pray because they don't believe God loves them. Somehow in life we go from singing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And after a while we stop praying and we feel like God does not love me. If God loved me, then why would he do this? If God loved me, then why would he allow this? Then why would I not be changing? Then why would he not be blessing me? Then why am I stuck? Why am I still sinning? Why why aren't I as good doing as well as that person over there? How come my parents have scarred me and messed me up in so many different ways if God really loves me? You want to know why your friends don't want to be Christians and don't want to pray to God? It's because they don't believe that God loves them. Because if, if you did, you would want to talk to God. If you felt like God loves me, I am the apple of his eye. He wants to pour so much blessing out on me that I can't even imagine it. Why would you not pray? And the second thing is that it, we don't believe that God is good. And I'm not saying that we all don't believe that. But the reason we don't pray is if you don't feel like God is good, then you're not going to pray. If you feel like God has put you in circumstances that you cannot get out of and you're frustrated and you're hurt. A brother last week, he gave me a quote that I've been thinking about forever. He says, undealt with pain leads to sin. You get hurt so much and you come up with the conclusion God's not good and then you sin. And so God is trying, this is Satan's two Number one and two strategies right here. If he can get you to believe that God doesn't love you, you lost. You won't be a Christian for long. If he can get you to feel like God is not good, he's not out for your best interest, then you lost. And you look at our world, that's it. You look at people's thoughts about Christianity, about the Bible, about Jesus, right there. That's what we're trying to change. That's what we're trying to get close to God because we got to get our hearts where we're there through prayer. Because when hard things happen, we feel that way too. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to go there. I, of course God loves me. Do you really believe that? Of course God's out for my good. Do you really feel that? Yeah, I know there was a time in my life when I didn't feel that, but I didn't feel like I could be honest about that. And that actually was the biggest breakthrough of life to say, you know what, God, I don't think you're good right now. And here's the reasons why. I don't think you, I don't feel your love and this is what it, this is what it is. 
And that was the beginning point of being real with God. You know what? He knew that a long time ago. He, he was probably like sitting there going, finally, you're finally t- being honest. You're finally allowing yourself to get to the root of why you're not praying. Get in the root of why you're struggling. Get to the root of why you're still stuck in that sin for however many years. And that was the beginning of change. You know, think about it in this way. If your kids felt like you didn't love them, how would your relationship be? And you could tell them how much you do for them and how much you spend on them and how, you know, you've been there their whole lives and you're praying for them. But if they don't feel that, your relationship suffers. And that's probably how God feels with some of us. He's like, man, I got so much for you, so much love and goodness, but you're not willing to accept it. You're you're not there with me. And the only person that can change that is the kid. The parent can do everything in their power to express that, to share that, to do whatever, but until the kid accepts it, it doesn't change the relationship. God is right now trying to reach out and show you how much he loves you every single day and how much he wants to bless you every single day. And I want to encourage us to be honest, to be real, and to to spread that message that God loves people, that God wants to bless your life because he surely does in an amazing way. I already talked about the incense. These passages right here, uh, you can take a picture of that or whatever. Before, we, before I read these, I want, you to, I want to ask you, rate your prayer life from zero to ten. Zero, you never pray. You don't want to pray. And ten, you're praying all the time. And just think about, how is my prayer life? How, how connected am I to God? And then I want to read these passages. In Ephesians 1, these are all from Paul. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You get the flavor that Paul is wrestling for their, his friends in prayer. That he doesn't ever stop praying for them, that he remembers them in their prayers, that he wants them to know God better, that he's intimately connected and wrestling for his friends. In Philippians 1, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And you see that Paul is remembering the church in Philippi, but is he remembering every single person? I don't know. 
But from his letters, you could see that he goes through person by person by person by person. And he's remembering people and he's praying with joy for people. And he could just go through name by name. You know, Ronnie, Cal, Alec, Josh, Connor, Poncho. Name by name, praying with joy. Wrestling with them. And also being faithful that God's going to work them out to get them to heaven. That he has faith when he prays for his friends. And the, the disciples around him. Sometimes... I'll be real honest with you guys. Sometimes we pray for people and the first thing that comes to our mind is not joy. It, it's problems, it's issues, it's challenges, it's struggles. It's, you know, man, I hope this person even makes it to heaven. You know, man, that would be great if they just like made it. Right? That's how we pray sometimes. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Praying with joy for each other. You know, when we're praying for each other, we're more grateful for each other. We're more faithful for each other. We're more amazed and encouraged by one another. And we're, we're, we're believing God's working on you. I'm not, just, I'm not the one trying to get you to heaven. God's trying to get you to heaven. I'm not trying to help you nearly as much as God's trying to help you. He's got the perfect plan for your life to get everything all squared away so that you can make it to heaven. And you can bring as many people with you as possible. When you have that kind of faith and you're praying for people, it's, it's a lot more inspiring. But if you're not praying for people, then you're not experiencing the joy for your church. You're not experiencing the faith for one another. If we're not praying for each other, we're not able to say, you know what? I know you're going through a hard time, but God's going to get you there. I know that. We're not able to say, bro, I really, I love and I really appreciate you. I know we've had some hard times, but man, I just appreciate this about you and I appreciate that about you. Because naturally, we don't go there. Most people. But when we're praying for each other, we're a lot more each other's fans. Do you think that's our problem? Do you think that God is waiting for us to pray? Do you think he's waiting for us to do a miracle because we're not praying and we're not grateful like we need to be? I don't know. Probably. Sometimes we look and maybe God's the problem. Maybe, if, you know, he's just not doing as many miracles right now. I doubt it. There's always, he said the harvest is always ripe. Maybe it's us. Maybe that's why we have so many people struggling. You know, I, I make it a concerted effort to pray once a week for every single person in here. But, not like I need to. Not even close. How about you? How about your Bible talk? How about your friends? 
You know, do you, do you talk to God about them in between services? In between times you see them? Man, we need that. We need to have a, a, a prayer lift. That we have, we believe that God is waiting for that. That God can do amazing miracles. That we're not just talking to the ceiling. Turn over to Matthew chapter 26. And I don't know about you, but I, I get excited thinking about that. I get excited thinking about, wow, what could God do if we actually started praying for each other like we need to? We get so caught up in our own selves that we forget to pray about people around us, people that we do love. We just aren't aware of it all the time. That we do want them to get to heaven. We're just not praying as much as we need to. I believe God wants to explode with miracles like he did with Lazarus. Sometimes we look, if we just stop looking for the miracle and start appreciating our walk with God. Appreciating that he hears our prayers. That was, that's what Jesus was fired up about. Lazarus was a bonus, but he was just grateful that God listened to him. Now we're going to take our communion together. In Matthew 26, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of many. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now until the day I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That in probably the most difficult time of Jesus' life, before the, just hours before his death, before the most excruciating pain that he had ever gone through, the most difficult thing in his life that he had dreaded from the time he first read about it in the Old Testament, that he could sit with his friends and be grateful for the bread. Imagine that. We break the cracker. We've done it so many times. The first time Jesus broke the bread, said, that's me. And he took a drink of the wine. He said, that's my blood. In a few hours, that's going to be poured out for you. I get overwhelmed just thinking about that. I'm overloaded. And yet he could stop and pray and be grateful. I'm going to provide forgiveness for many. I'm going to help all my friends get to heaven. I'm going to go through this thing, but God's going to be with me until the very end. And then he's going to raise me from the dead. That man, sometimes when we go through hard times, that is the last time we want to be grateful. And the hard things are the things that we are not grateful for. This is like his biggest fear, his worst nightmare, the most difficult thing ever, and he was happy about it. That's where he was at in his walk with God. That's not a Thanksgiving prayer list. That's not, oh, I had a good quiet time, and I'm really a grateful person. 
And he was walking with God. And his faith was so amazing that he was able to be grateful even in the challenges. Isn't that what's inspiring? When you see someone that's going through incredible challenges, even beyond what you're going through at the time, and they're grateful and they're, they're happy and they're close to God, and you're just like, yes, I want to be like that guy. That was Jesus. He had no reason to be happy. And yet he was happy. He didn't let go of God's love for him. He didn't let go of God's goodness because it got hard. And he provided the ultimate way for us. I pray that today you learned a couple things about Jesus' gratitude before the miracle and that you'll be content with where God's put you. You'll be content with the daily bread that he's given you. You'll be content with the fact that you're a Christian and he hears your prayers. You'll be content even when you go through the most difficult thing that you never wanted to go through because you're aware of God. That's maybe what God's waiting for, to do miracles in your life and in mine. But even if he doesn't, we have all that we need in, in Jesus and in his body and in his blood. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time. God, I pray in a special way that you will lead us to the cross today. You will help us to be grateful for whatever you have given us, for whatever challenges you put in our way. God, I am humbled to think about the kind of gratitude that Jesus had and to think about the walk that he had with you. God, I pray that you forgive me for my lack of spirituality, for my lack of prayer life, for my lack of gratitude. And God, I pray that we can uh, be close to you and that we can be truly grateful people. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.